0: The voice of reason, the voice of alarm, the voice of stats, the voice of scouts, the voice of Kool-Aid, the voice of dismay, the voice of Dave-O. Well, this game sure felt a lot like last game, didn't it? And that, my friends, is, of course, a very good thing as the Royals completely step on the Cleveland Indians 11-5 tonight in improbable fashion after that sixth inning. This guarantees the Royals another winning series by winning tonight and a minimum of a 500-road trip as they welcome you into another edition of Clubhouse Conversation. Dave O on your dish. We're going to break this one down. We're going to preview the finale tomorrow. But first, our player of the game, let's get right to it. It's Mr. Kendris Morales earning his second player of the year award here on Clubhouse Conversation. That big three-run home run he whacked in addition to three total hits and a career-high four runs scored for Kendries, who continues to just exceed expectations so far for even the biggest Morales supporter. And Morales also our play of the game on that home run. Putting this game out of reach, the Royals up one after they came back and scored three right away, answering in that top of the seventh inning. Morales completely loses a fastball uh, that came out of the hand of Brian Shaw. The Royals go up big at that point four. And with their bullpen, you could tell Cleveland felt defeated. That took the air out of that stadium. I mean, Cleveland gets the lead there off the big 3 run home run from Brandon Moss, who continues to terrorize the Royals going back to the wild card game last year. And Cleveland's got to be feeling pretty good about themselves, right? But then the Royals come right back. It took all of about three hitters to get the game tied. And by the time Morales came up, the Royals were up one after a wild play with Mike Moustakis, you know, with uh, Atkinson missing first base and the throw home Escobar knocking it out of the glove from Bright Hayes. That was a big play as well. And Morales just completely puts this game out of reach. The Royals go up four in the last three innings with their bullpen. The game was over. So great job by Kendrys, And it's not just him, of course. When you score 11 and have 18 hits, obviously everyone is getting a involved. And literally, everyone in the Royals lineup did something tonight. Only one man didn't get a hit, which is the second time in as many nights that's happened. We saw that happen last night with Escobar getting shut out. and Tonight, Lorenzo Kane doesn't get a hit, although he does get a walk. And let's just go up and down this lineup and talk about it. Eske, great to see coming off of that 2-for-20 slump. He gets two hits tonight, scores a run, draws a walk, couple RBIs for Escobar. Great to see. Hopefully he can continue that over. I was a bit nervous seeing him slide into Brett Hayes and limping for a while after that play in the seventh inning, but he stayed in the game. appears to be fine, so that's good to see. Mike Moustakis, what can we say about him in the two-hole? Continues to just absolutely light the world on fire here in the month of April. He's going to be upset when the calendar turns to May here. On Thursday. Two hits for Moose. A run and an RBI tonight. Continues to just have a fantastic approach. Use the entire field. And, you know, as we keep talking about, he's using left field more than he is up the middle and right field. So, a great approach by Moose. It, it's amazing to see. Another hit to the opposite field tonight for him. Lorenzo Cain, like I said, no hits, but he did walk. And then Eric Hosmer, two for five with a run. Kendrys Morales, we talked about him. Three for five. Three RBIs. F- career high four runs. And then Alex Gordon. The last 10 days, he's looked like Alex Gordon again, and I think we can finally say that while well, maybe he's still stiff from time to time and maybe not feeling exactly 100%, he's pretty close, and he's playing like he's 100% out there. If he's not jumping into the stands and making incredible Hulk plays on defense or throwing out Melky Cabrera on an impossible double play or taking away a single and a sinking liner from Adam Eaton, if he's not doing that, he's hitting a home run last night or he's going deep off Trevor Bauer on a ball that still hasn't landed. I mean, absolutely a shot up in the right field. Bleacher's about three or four rows from, you know, bouncing on the concourse out there. Two for three for Gordo with two RBIs and two runs. Salvi three for five with a run and an RBI. Omar Infante, let's not let's not lose sight of the fact that he's having a nice little the last couple of weeks. You know, outside of that injury mixed in the middle, Omar's really been producing. and I'll have to pull some numbers before tomorrow, but I know for a fact the last Ten games or so, he's well over 300, maybe pushing 400. Been hitting very well, three for five with two RBIs and a run tonight for Omar. And then Gerard Dyson did get in a late hit as well, one for five at the bottom of that lineup. I mean, <laughs> I can't talk to you enough how big this win is tonight. And this is about the third time this year I've said that, but this was a really big win for the Royals. I mean, like I said, they get down, they have the lead, two nothing quickly becomes 3-2 after Brandon Moss goes deep off of Brandon Finnegan. And, and we'll talk about the pitching here in a second. But the Royals come right back and put up that crooked number. Six runs in the seventh and just completely deflate Cleveland. Awesome job by the Royals tonight. Awesome job. And, and pitching-wise, let's talk about Jeremy Guthrie. Another shaky outing by him. No doubt about that. But we kind of thought that coming in. He never pitches well at progressive field, especially there. I mean, he's he's okay against Cleveland here in Kansas City. Not good up there. I mean, look at—I mean, most right-handers who don't strike out, a lot of guys are going to struggle with this Cleveland lineup. I mean, it's stacked with left-handers. What do we have? I believe seven of the nine tonight. We either switch or lefty up there tonight for Cleveland. It's a patient team, which, you know, forced Guthrie to walk three. A team that can hit the ball of a ballpark. He did a nice job keeping it in the ballpark, so good job there. And really, Jeremy was close to giving the Royals six innings. I mean, he just couldn't get Michael Brantley out tonight, but a lot of guys can't. So Guthrie 5 plus innings his line tonight allows 4 runs on 6 hits, 3 walks and 3 Ks. Not a great start, but kind of like Vargas the other night. I thought I thought he pitched a little bit better than that line. And yes, yes, the NDAs did hand him two outs on the base pass. I don't know what the hell Carlos Santana was doing trying to steal second on Guthrie and Salvador Perez and so I mean there was a couple plays on on the on the bases there where the Cleveland You know, found themselves giving away outs. But still, I'm not overly concerned with Jeremy. He's a guy who knows what he's doing. He's amongst the best in baseball over the last four years and giving you innings. He will find a way, you know, him and Dave Island will work together. They will find a way to correct everything. The stuff is still there for Jeremy. He looks a lot better. The fastball had some more tailing action tonight than normal, kept the ball down better tonight. I thought Guthrie looked a lot better tonight. He's facing a much tougher lineup. Cleveland's a really underrated lineup. They're not scoring a lot of runs right now. I understand that. But I'm telling you, this team will score some runs by the end of the year. So not too concerned about Guthrie. And if I see this for two or three more starts, maybe I will be. But right now, I still think he'll be fine. He's a professional. He'll give the Royals innings and figure things out. Now, Finnegan came in and looked very shaky out of the pen. And he's a guy who I thought, and I've talked about this here in Clubhouse Conversation, a guy who I've thought was uh, was successful last year and and you know he he plus about nine others won that wild card game for the Royals. I mean his pitching in that game completely gave the Royals a chance to win it. So take nothing away he was great in September, he was great the majority of the of the World Series, but Finnegan's a guy who who seemed to start getting hit hard there towards the end of that World Series. You remember that game that the Royals had the lead, I believe it was what was that game three that they were in San Francisco, or game four? Three or four. I believe it was three. The game Vargas started, and Finnegan came in with the lead and and couldn't hold things down. It seems like the, the hitters were starting to figure him out. They didn't have a lot of video on him. They didn't know much about him. But for a young guy like that who's got, what, all of about 30 innings in the minor leagues, give or take? He's, he needs more seasoning. I, I thought that coming into the season. And, and he'll go back down when Greg Holland gets activated on Sunday or Monday. But but Finnegan, give him credit against tonight. He made a big pitch tonight. So let's go through this. He gives up the three-run home run to Brandon Moss. Then the single to Lonnie Chisholm Hall. He walks Michael Bourne, the number nine hitter. Hits the leadoff man, Jason Kipnis. That's not good. Bases are loaded, two outs. And if Cleveland gets another hit there, Cleveland's up one at that point. Another hit there, they go up three at least, if not more, because you've got Brantley coming up after that. So another hit there, Cleveland's up three, and the Royals probably don't get this game. Things could, you know, maybe the Indians don't go to Scott Atchison. Maybe the Indians, you know, move their bullpen differently. Not to mention the whole momentum. Who knows what Brantley would have done? There's a pretty good chance if Finnegan does not get Jose Ramirez out, and he grounds up the middle to Alcides Escobar, who steps on second. If he doesn't get him, the Royals probably don't win this game. So give Finnegan credit. He came in and struggled a bit, but that, you know, it's his first outing of the year. That's to be expected. And again, I think the kid needs more time in the minor leagues. But it was the point being it continues to get big out to the Royals in big situations. A wild card game throughout the playoffs, even in last September and then tonight. And from that point on, the bullpen was excellent for the Royals. We saw three innings of scoreless ball combined for Chris Young, who will make the start coming up on Friday. Good to see him get one inning of work in there. Jason Frazier and Johan Pino. Allowed just one hit, no walks, two Ks, and three innings. Fantastic. And how about Jason Frazier? Let's give him some props, by the way. Lonnie Hall. I have no idea how the hell Frazier caught that ball. Hits that ball to Frazier's right and above him a line drive had to be going close to 100 miles an hour if not more. Frazier reaches behind him. Somehow reaches up and snags the ball. I, don't, I have no idea how he got that but that was a great play by Frazier there leading off the 8th inning. Cat-like reflexes there so nice play there. And again, this is just a nice win for the Royals. We talked coming into the, into the road trip, we thought they were going to have 7 games, one got washed away. We said 4 and 3 is the goal, 3 and 4 is still okay. Well, the Royals have a 3 and 3 trip guaranteed. And you have to think if they had one more game, they probably would have gotten to the four and three. But they can still go four and, and two on this trip, man. Four and two on this trip would be absolutely fantastic. But three and three is still a good road trip. So no matter what happens tomorrow, and the Royals now ha- are back in first place over Detroit again, first place in April. Who cares? But it's just nice to know that the Royals, even with as well as Detroit's playing, and even you know realizing the Royals don't have. Greg Holland, and don't have Alex Rios, and didn't have Escobar for a while, and they've got some more suspensions coming up. So it's just good to keep racking up these wins and know that you're competing or ahead of a team who's also been in fuego. And both the Royals and the Tigers aren't going to play 750 ball, obviously. But the fact is the Royals stayed with them when they were, and now they get them this weekend, and we'll talk more about that, obviously, all weekend long here. And Cleveland's going to have better days, this year even. This team is not that bad. They're going to score more runs. They're still playing without a couple of key cogs. I think losing Jan Gomes is a big loss for that lineup. Big loss. You know, Nick Swisher, who knows what you're going to get out of him. But they're they're minus a couple bats. It's a team that's got a pretty good rotation. Salazar's back up. The Royals are going to see him tomorrow. He's been a stud in his two starts. I still can't figure out why he didn't start the year up here in the major leagues it's a team whose bullpen is going to be a little bit better Yeah, they're pitching about what they are i guess most of their guys are throwing up three eras that's probably about right but their bullpen will be probably a hair better it's a team that'll start winning some games so the point being this is a great series for the royals Especially because I believe they'll miss Corey Kluber next time they see him as well. So you get that, you get him out of the way. This series and next series, and you got a chance to really kick them all their down. Get that third win tomorrow. Keep racking up the wins in the AL Central because there'll be a point this summer where the Royals struggle at some point, and Cleveland will get hot. The White Sox will get hot. You know, just keep racking up these wins. Keep getting win after win after win early. There's no such thing as a huge game in April, and there's never been a Division One in April, but there sure as hell has been divisions lost in April, as the Royals know all too well. And a nice loss by Cleveland tomorrow, another week or two of bad baseball, they're going to be in big trouble. I still think they're going to make a run at it later, but they're going to be in big trouble if they lose too many more games here in the next week or two. So tomorrow, you're Donald Ventura against Danny Salazar. Like this matchup. This, this was the game that I thought was the most evenly matched. you know. And that's the other thing. I thought these first two games, Cleveland had the edge. Definitely a huge edge in game one with Kluber against Vargas. I thought you know, tonight was kind of a toss-up. I'm not giving Cleveland the slight edge tonight. But tomorrow, to me, is just, it's just a coin toss. Because for as good as Ventura is and can be, Salazar is the exact same thing. They both throw 97 miles an hour. That's what Salazar averaged his last outing against Detroit when he struck out a career-high, what, 11 strikeouts against Detroit? He's two and zero with a 208, 21 Ks and in thirteen innings. One at Minnesota and against Detroit. So uh, the Royals, you know, have Ventura who's been well, you know, been good against Cleveland three and zero at the one five seven. But a guy who's yet to finish a start without getting, you know, ejected or cramped. So let's see what happens tomorrow. I, I like the Royals odds tomorrow. I like Ventura giving the Royals seven innings a two run ball tomorrow, and I think they can find a way to hit Salazar. Although I mean, they've hit him pretty well, actually, the Royals have. Last year he had a six-two against the Royals in four outings, and and uh, career-wise two and three with a five-three-three. So the Royals have gotten to Salazar before. We'll hope they can do it and finish off the sweep tomorrow. It, it would be huge. Finish off your April, you know, April nine games over five hundred. Would be awesome. Keep racking up those wins. But even a loss, it's fine. The Royals come home with a five hundred road trip. And they come home with a big series against Detroit. Four games against Detroit at home. Gonna to need to split at least you know get at least two of those four of this weekend to get the split against the Tigers. We'll talk more about that. But you know, in the meantime, enjoy tonight's game. It was a great win. Keep it here. We're gonna be uh, actually, I'll be publishing the interview I did recently with Tommy Davis, who was an absolute stud. If you don't know who Tommy Davis is, do yourself a favor. Read about this guy. He won a couple batting titles, beating out a couple of great players. Um. <laughs> Yeah, you know, they won an MVP a couple of years. Won a World Series. Played for the Royals at the end. Was in the Major Leagues forever. Listen to this interview. Great interview. I'm going to pub- you know publishing it here late on Tuesday night. So check that out here on Clubhouse Conversation. Should be talking to Jorge Bonifacio this week as well. The Royals' number nine prospect. So some great interviews for you to check out. And, and again, check out the Tommy Davis. Read about him, and then check out the interview. You'll be you know, impressed, and you'll enjoy that. He finished his career here with the Royals. Played about a month with the Royals. But we talked to all your favorite current and former Royals. So we looked him up. If he played here, we don't care if it was for one at bat. We're going to talk to him on Clubhouse Conversation. Go Royals! Have a great night, and we will talk to you again soon. Enjoy the interviews, and enjoy this Royals team. Boy, this is fun.